Monsignor Charles Pope said, Christmas is the feast of God with us. On Good Friday, we celebrate God for us. And on Pentecost, we celebrate God in us. This is how close God wants to be to us. He wants to dwell in our souls. Sometimes we have this notion that God is way out there somewhere. In fact, God is in here, in our soul. We live in the truth that we're never alone. Today on Pentecost, we're celebrating that God is giving us the greatest gift we could imagine. Greater than winning the lottery, greater than any material gift. Today, we're celebrating God gives us the gift of his very self through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And in doing so, God is undoing the sin of Adam and Eve. Remember when God created Adam, he breathed his life breath, his spirit, into Adam's nostrils. So Adam and Eve were alive with the Holy Spirit. But then what happened? We know the story. Adam and Eve fell from grace. They lost the gift of the Spirit. They were banished from the garden. Now, at one point, the Jews thought, okay, well, God wants to dwell with us in a building. So they built the temple, and indeed, God's Spirit came down upon the temple, and God dwelt in the Holy of Holies in the temple. But in the fullness of God's plan of salvation, God's plan was never simply to dwell in the four walls of a building. He wanted to again take up his dwelling in his people. That's why St. Paul says, do you not know that you are God's building? We are the temple of God through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, what happens when the Holy Spirit dwells in our soul? We could talk all day about this, but I want to look at just three of the biblical images of the Holy Spirit because I think they they point to the effect of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in in our soul. First, The Holy Spirit appeared in the Bible as a tongue of fire. The Holy Spirit fills us with fire, fire for our faith, fire for the love of Jesus. There's the story of a man driving a camper who pulled into a country church parking lot, and the pastor was in the parking lot, and the pastor asked the driver, how big is your camper? The man says, well, it sleeps eight. And then the driver says, Father, how big is your church? And the priest said, my church sleeps 80. How many of us are asleep? We so (laughs) lack this fire and fervor for our faith. Archbishop Fulton Sheen said, even though we are God's chosen people, we often behave more like God's frozen people, frozen in our prayer life, frozen in the way we relate to one another, frozen in the way we celebrate our faith. We need the Holy Spirit, the burning fire of God's love to give us zeal and passion for our faith. That's a beautiful effect of the Holy Spirit in our soul to fire us up. Well, there are many effects of fire. Do you know what happens to a precious metal when it's placed in fire? All the impurities of the metal are burned away. And so the Holy Spirit has this effect in our soul of purifying us. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we have the forgiveness of sins. And then you know what happens if you place an iron rod in a fire. What well, even begins to take on the properties of the fire it begins to glow red and orange. And so one effect of the Holy Spirit in our soul is to configure us to be more like Jesus. In fact, the Holy Spirit wants to form Christ in our soul. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we become Christians, other Christs. 
And then fire is difficult to contain. What happened when the fire of the Holy Spirit came down upon the apostles? Well, they couldn't contain themselves. They burst out of the upper room and they began to boldly proclaim the gospel, witnessing to Jesus all fear and cowardice were gone. The second biblical image of the Holy Spirit is the dove. The dove symbolizes peace. What a beautiful effect of the Holy Spirit in our soul to bring indwelling peace. Now, Jesus never promised an absence of suffering or trials or conflicts, but he did promise us the gift of his interior peace. Do you know on a stormy day on the ocean, the waves can get up to like 40 feet tall, but if you go 500 feet below the surface, the ocean is perfectly still. And so on the surface in our lives, we can be enduring sickness, persecution, trials, suffering, but inside we can have this interior peace, which is a fruit of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and our trust in God. Finally, a biblical image of the Holy Spirit is our advocate. Well, what's the effect of the advocate in our soul? Well, the advocate is our helper and guide who lights our path, who counsels us and directs us and reminds us of all that Jesus said. When we have the Holy Spirit, we have clarity. The devil is constantly trying to sow confusion and chaos. But when we have the Holy Spirit, we see clearly. We know what we're supposed to do. We know the truth and we do it. Now, the moment of conversion is when we stop living for ourselves and give ourselves over to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can inspire thoughts, feelings, desires. We've all had these. Have you ever had a thought pop in your mind? Well, I should go pray. I should say the rosary right now, or I should help mom clean the dishes, or I should call grandma in the nursing home. Those are inspirations from the Holy Spirit. Now, what's our second thought? Oh, I'll do that later. And then what happens? We never get around to it. One of the keys to holiness is to act quickly on those inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Now, we can give ourselves over to allowing the Holy Spirit to direct our lives. Be prayed throughout your day for the Holy Spirit to use you as his instrument of grace in the world. I'm going into a meeting. Holy Spirit, give me the words you want me to say. I'm going to go visit someone in the hospital. I don't know what to say. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you the words. Jesus promised, don't worry about what you are to say. The Holy Spirit will give you the words. I'm going in the cafeteria for lunch. Holy Spirit, you direct me to who you want me to sit by. Ask the Holy Spirit to make divine appointments. We have to stop trying to do everything on our own, but give ourselves over to the direction of the Holy Spirit. He's our helper and guide. We have to let him. Let the Holy Spirit do the heavy lifting in your life. Well, let me close with this. Father Cantala Mesa, preacher for the papal household, reminds us that God's word is not a dead letter. The word of God is active and alive. So when we read the story of Pentecost, we're not just recalling a past event, but we can experience a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit here and now. We're called to live the liturgy. And when we do so, we open ourselves to grace. Yes, we receive the Holy Spirit in baptism. Yes, we receive the Holy Spirit in confirmation. But we can also receive the Holy Spirit here and now by prayer and asking for a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit, especially today on Pentecost. Pray today that the Holy Spirit will be poured upon you anew, poured into your heart and in the hearts of your families. Pray for fire, pray for peace, and let the Holy Spirit guide you because he wants to lead us to life.